so now we're on the chapter Bab La Yustashfa'u Billahi Ala Ahadin Min Khalqihi An Jubair Ibn Mut'im Radiyallahu Anhu Qal Jaa A'arabiyun Ila Nabiyyi Sallallahu Alayhi Wasallama Faqal Ya Rasulullah Nahikat الأنفس وجاع العيال وهلكت الأموال فاستسق لنا ربك فإنا نستشفع بالله عليك وبك على الله This chapter now is referring to this issue as in the title Al-Istishfa Seeking Intercession Seeking Intercession The topic of intercession we've discussed before generally and that intercession is allowed with certain conditions if the person making the intercession and the one who it's being made for are both people that Allah is pleased with, both people that Allah is pleased with, and also that the permission of Allah is granted upon that intercession. As for other than that, then the intercession is false. But as for this issue here now, seeking intercession... through somebody in creation or through Allah upon somebody in creation فَهَذَا مُنْكَرٌ عَظِيمٌ لِأَنَّ الْمَشْفُوعَ عِنْدَهُ يَكُنْ أَعْظَمْ مِنَ الشَّافِعَ فَإِذَا اسْتَشْفَعَ بِاللَّهِ إِلَىٰ أَحَدٍ مِنْ خَلْقِهِ فَمَعْنَاهُ أَنَّ هَذَا الْمَخْلُوقَ عِنْدَهُ أَعْظَمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ فَهَذَا تَنَقُّصٌ لِجَنَابِ اللَّهِ Subhanahu wa ta'ala wa bit So to seek intercession through Allah for somebody in creation. That is something clearly deficiency in your tawheed. Because you are basically now asking this person in creation through Allah. It is like you are asking Allah to be your intercessor with this person in creation. You're asking Allah to be the intermediary for you to get what you want from this person in creation. And that is a deficiency for the tawheed of Allah. Because that is almost like you're saying this person in creation is superior to Allah. That you need to go through Allah to get to this person. You're asking Allah to be your intermediary to get to this person. As if this person is somebody superior and great. You can't get to him but you can get or ask Allah to be the intermediary to get to him. That is not correct. You cannot 
make the seeking of intercession through Allah for somebody in creation. So that would be clearly a deficiency in Tawheed. There is an example in this narration to highlight this affair. That on one occasion a man came to the Prophet ﷺ and he said that the people have become weak and the children are starving and the wealth, our possessions have become destroyed. Everything is becoming ruined because there was a drought. There was a severe drought and the rain wasn't coming. So all of their wealth and their physical strength and everything was deteriorating. Everything was becoming ruined and being destroyed. وَذَلِكَ بِسَبَبِ تَأَخُّرِ الْمَطَرِ Because the rain hadn't come. لِأَنَّ عِيشَةَ الْبَادِيَةَ عَلَى مَا يُنَزِّلُهُ اللَّهِ مِنَ الْأَمْطَارِ Because this man was a Bedouin, a nomadic person, like a farmer from the outsides. Those types of people rely on the rain for their crops and their vegetables, and that's how they live. So this particular individual came saying, the rain hasn't come for a long time, everything is being destroyed. We are upon weakness, our children are starving. No rain for a long time. وَالْمَطَرْ لَا يَسْتَغْنِ عَنْهُ أَحَدٍ Nobody can survive without water, without rain. لَا أَصْحَابُ الْحَاضِرَ وَلَا أَصْحَابُ الْبَادِيَةِ Whether you live in the city or you live in the outside, the deserts, the countryside, wherever you are, nobody can survive without water. كُلُّهُمْ بِحَاجَةِ إِلَى الْمَطَرِ All of them are in need of the rain. فَإِذَا تَأَخَّرَ الْمَطَرِ تَضَرَّرَ النَّاسِ If the rain doesn't come for a long time and there's a drought, no doubt the people will be harmed by that. وَإِذَا نَزَلَ الْمَطَرِ وَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ فِيهِ الْبَرَكَ انْتَفَعَ النَّاسِ وَانْتَعِشُوا فَلَمْ طَارْ فِيهَا خَيْرٌ لِلْعِبَادِ So when the rain does come, there's barakah within it and the people they benefit from it, from the water. وَلَا يَحْبِسُهَا اللَّهُ جَلَّ وَعَلَىٰ إِلَّا بِسَبَبِ الذُّنُوبُ وَالْمَعَاصِي And Allah does not hold back the rain except due to the sins of the people and the disobediences of the people. The sinning and the disobedience of the people, that is a cause for the rain to be held back from them. So this man, like a farmer type of man, he came complaining that our children are starving, our crops, everything destroyed, we are upon weakness, rain isn't coming, it's a drought. So he came to the Prophet ﷺ and he said, فَاسْتَسْقِلَنَا Make the prayer for the rain to come for us. فَاسْتَسْقِلَنَا Make that prayer, make the dua, the istisqa, for the rain to come for us. And this is what the companions they used to do. They used to come to the Prophet wasallam and ask him to make that prayer, to make that dua, for the rain to come when there was a drought. And this is an old sunnah. It is an old sunnah. The sunnah of al-istisqa. Making that prayer, making that dua for the rain to come. That is an old sunnah. Musa alayhi salam even did it for his people. Musa alayhi salam, it is witnessed 
that he made the dua, the prayer of istisqa, for the rain to come when there was a drought at his time. And Sulaiman alayhi salam, it is witnessed that he also did it for his people, made that prayer, that dua for the rain to come when there was a drought. And Muhammad sallallahu there are narrations of course, where he made that prayer of istisqa for the rain to come. So this is something which is established clearly. <coughs> so they used to come to him, to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam when he was alive. وَيَطْلُبُوا مِنْهُ أَنْ يَدْعُوا اللَّهِ And they used to ask him to make dua to Allah for the rain to come. So the Prophet ﷺ used to do that. Sometimes he would do that dua whilst he was sitting amongst his companions. Sometimes he would make that dua in the khutbah of Jum'ah. And sometimes they used to go out onto an open plain of land and pray and make the dua there. And sometimes, he would make a khutbah, and make the dua within that, for the rain to come. So there are several instances of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, making the dua for the rain to come. وَبَعْدَ وَفَاتِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ كَانُوا يَأْتُونَ إِلَى الْخُلَفَاءِ الرَّاشِدِينَ After the death of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they used to come, to Al-Khulafa Al-Rashidin, to Abu Bakr, to Umar, to Uthman, to Ali, radiyallahu anhum, they used to go to them after the death of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So they used to come to Umar, they used to come to Al-Abbas, or they used to come to Umar, they came to Umar on one occasion, and he then requested it instead to Abbas. He passed it on to Abbas to make the dua, Abbas radiallahu anhu, the uncle of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So he made the dua on that occasion. And similarly, it's witnessed that they used to go to their scholars or to their rulers, to the righteous, to make this dua, to make this uh, supplication for the rain to come. So on this occasion, that's what occurred. There was a drought and this man came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asking him to make that prayer, make that dua for the rain to come. However, this Bedouin, when he came, and he asked the Prophet ﷺ to make that dua, he then added on something else in his request. And he said, فَإِنَّنَا نَسْتَشْفِعُ بِاللَّهِ عَلَيْكَ That we are asking Allah as an intermediary upon you. Like as if we cannot make the request from you, such is your status, we're going through Allah asking Him to intermediate for us with you. We're making intercession through Allah upon you to make this dua for us. And this is something which is obviously incorrect, to make a statement of that nature, that we're going through Allah upon you. We're asking Allah to be the intermediary to get to you, to ask you to make this supplication for us. So that is something which is clearly incorrect and impermissible to do. So then, when this occurred, the Prophet ﷺ replied, Subhanallah, Subhanallah, may Allah be glorified and far removed from any such deficiency, from any such statement of this nature, of any such idea of this nature. May Allah be far removed from that. Allah is far removed and glorious and high above anything of this nature, of this deficiency. فَمَا زَالَ يُسَبِّحُ حَتَّى عُرِفَ ذَلِكَ فِي وُجُوهِ أَصْحَابِهِ 
And the Prophet ﷺ carried on saying that, Subhanallah, 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 until it was apparent on the faces of the companions. They, they were, in their faces it was recognized that this is something wrong and incorrect what has occurred from this man. Such was the level or the amount the Prophet ﷺ said, Subhanallah, Subhanallah, that it became clear to all of the companions. And this was the way of the Prophet ﷺ. If something amazed him, surprised him, he would say, Subhanallah, or Allahu Akbar. So here he said, Subhanallah, Subhanallah. And that became apparent upon the faces of the companions, meaning their faces changed because they saw the anger in the face of the Prophet ﷺ. They became angry too. They became angry too. They became angry. They became angry when they saw what was occurring with the Prophet ﷺ. That the Prophet ﷺ was clearly angered and he was rebuking this statement of this man who had come and said, we are seeking the rainfall from you, and we are seeking that intercession via Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon you. So the Prophet ﷺ began to say, Subhanak, or Subhanallah, Subhanallah. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, ثُمَّ قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَيْحَكْ وَوْ بِيْتُ يُوْ وَيْحَكْ أَتَدْرِي مَا اللَّهِ Do you know who Allah is? وَيْحَكْ وَوْ بِيْتُ يُوْ Do you know who Allah is? إِنَّ شَأْنَ اللَّهِ أَعْظَمْ مِنْ ذَلِكَ The affair of Allah is greater than that. Do not be saying we are interceding through Allah for you to make this dua. Allah's affair, status, Allah is far greater than that. So the Prophet ﷺ was declaring Allah free of this type of statement, of this type of activity or action. إِنَّهُ لَا يُسْتَشْفَعُ بِاللَّهِ عَلَىٰ أَحَدٍ مِنْ خَلْقِ You do not seek intercession through Allah upon anybody in creation. You do not seek intercession Meaning you don't say, I'm going to ask Allah to intermediate for me, to ask you to do this for me. That indicates you're thinking this person is greater, and Allah is going to intercede for you to get to this person. Rather, Allah is the greatest. You don't go through Allah to get to another person, intercede with Allah to get to another person in creation. Allah is greater than everybody in creation. So here the Prophet ﷺ made that very clear to him, to this man. That it is impermissible. It is impermissible to seek that intercession from Allah to anybody in creation. Give us a moment. So that chapter there is explaining the impermissibility 
of seeking intercession through Allah to get to somebody in creation. That is a deficiency you're indicating to Allah then, to go through Allah to get to somebody in creation. Rather, the one in creation then, in your thinking, has a greater status. That is incorrect. You do not make intercession through Allah to get to somebody in creation. That intercession in that way is incorrect, and that's what was highlighted in this hadith. The next chapter we move on to باب ما جاء في حماية النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم This chapter is regarding regarding the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم how he guarded over and protected the affair of Tawheed. Guarding over and protecting the affair of Tawheed. So this particular chapter is actually Similar to a chapter that went by before. There was a chapter, باب ما جاء في حماية المصطفى جناب التوحيد. The difference is, جناب التوحيد, and here حما التوحيد. وفرق بين الجانب وبين الحما. لأن الجانب بعض شيء وأما الحما فهو ما حول الشيء. فهناك أراد المصنف أن يبين حماية المسلم للتوحيد نفسه. من أن يقع فيه شرك وهنا أراد أن يبين أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم حما حما ما حول التوحيد بعد حمايته التوحيد وهذا من باب العناية التامة بشأن التوحيد These chapters are basically explaining the protection and guard, guarding over the affair of tawheed and all of the things that surround it so if there are certain things that can lead to Tawheed being deficient, then those things are stopped from the very beginning, before you even get further down the line on them. So this is all about the protection of Tawheed, the preservation of Tawheed, and blocking every pathway to shirk. How the Prophet ﷺ used to block every pathway to shirk. Not even the actual shirk, yes, the actual shirk was blocked, but even the pathways leading to shirk, they would all be blocked. The Prophet ﷺ would stop those types of activities that could potentially lead to shirk. In this first narration of Abdullah ibn al-Shakhir, radiyallahu anhu qal, انطلقتu fi wafdi bani Amir ila Rasulillahi sallam, faqulna anta sayyiduna. فقال السيد الله تبارك وتعالى عبد الله ابن الشخير عبد الله ابن كعب ابن عامر ابن الشخير العامري one of the tribes he this individual says that he went on one occasion in a delegation a group of people to the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم from his particular tribe بن عامر a group of them, a delegation of them, went to see the Prophet ﷺ. And that was common. Tribes used to send groups from amongst their tribe, a delegation, a group of them, to go to the Prophet ﷺ to learn, etc., come back and teach the rest of the tribe. So he says on one occasion, he was in this delegation who went. And this was in the year known as the year of the delegations. The year that was known to be full of this type of thing. Tribes from all over the place sending delegations to the Prophet ﷺ. What year was that? What was the year famously known 
as the year when all of the tribes from everywhere used to send their representatives to go and see the Prophet ﷺ. Tribes, men and folk used to come from everywhere. What year was it? Known as the year of the delegations. It was the year after the conquering of Mecca. Because when the conquering of Mecca occurred, the Muslims went back and they controlled Mecca now, and the Mushrikeen were defeated. Then the word of Islam spread everywhere. Everybody heard the Muslims have conquered Mecca. And it spread. And so lots of people used to come from everywhere with their tribes and their delegations coming to the Prophet ﷺ, learning and accepting Tawheed and Islam. So it became open that year, after the year of the conquering, which was 8th Hijri. So this year was the 9th Hijri, the year of the delegations. When the, when the conquering of Mecca occurred and the news spread everywhere, then people from all over started coming, knowing now that Islam, what it is, and it has taken over uh, Mecca, the Mushrikeen defeated Quraysh. So the news spread and everybody started coming to the Prophet ﷺ and accepting Islam, known as the year of the delegations. So he says this was on that occasion, in that year of the delegations. And he said, when he came, he said to the Prophet ﷺ, or they said to him, Anta Sayyiduna, you are our Sayyid. And this was a habit of the Arabs, that they used to use this phrase, and say it to their people of authority. So they came to the Prophet ﷺ, and thinking him to be this person of authority and leadership, and their superior, which is true generally, they therefore said to him, You are our Sayyid. You are our Sayyid. But the Prophet ﷺ said to them, The Sayyid, as Sayyid, that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Sayyid indicating somebody of the high status, high rank. He said to them, The Sayyid, that leader and high rank and the high, high one, that is Allah. Allah is a Sayyid. Meaning, he wanted them not to use this term. Don't call me Sayyid like this. Allah is the overall leader, etc. Don't. Because this type of phrase, they used to use it for their kings and their leaders. The Sayyid, you are the Sayyid. So he said to them, don't say the Sayyid. Allah is the Sayyid. So, they used to use the name Sayyid for their kings because he was the one who owns everything. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in reality is the one who controls and owns everything. So the Prophet said to them that this term in its absolute open manner, in its open meaning, i.e. the king and the one who controls everything, that is Allah. In that type of context, how you people use the word Sayyid, that is for Allah then. So he clarified to them, this is for Allah the term as Sayyid in that way. والنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أراد أن يسد هذا المديح خوفا عليهم من الغلو. And so the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم wanted to stop this person from this type of speech in case the person ended up falling into exaggeration. He wanted to stop this type of speech in case the person carried on and fell into exaggeration with that type of thing, and then eventually added on other statements or raised the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم above the level that he is upon. So to start or to stop that from the very beginning, the Prophet ﷺ said to him, Allah is the Sayyid. And you remember the narration, when some of the uh, companions, they said, when the munafiqeen were harming them, قُومُوا نَسْتَغِيثُ بِرَسُولِ 
Let's go and seek istighatha from the Prophet ﷺ. Aid and help. So the Prophet ﷺ had rejected that istighatha is from Allah. He said, إِنَّهُ لَا يُسْتَغَاثُ بِي إِنَّمَا يُسْتَغَاثُ بِاللَّهِ Aid and assistance is not sought from me, it is sought from Allah. So all of this is to stop the door to any wrong occurring. In of itself, you could say technically it's passable. But the Prophet ﷺ didn't want to open this door in the first place. Wanted to block that in the first place in order that the people do not slowly begin to exaggerate and exaggerate until it becomes something haram and shirk. So then the people, when they heard this from the Prophet ﷺ, Allah is the Sayyid. They said, okay. وَأَفْضَلُنَا فَضْلًا وَأَعْظَمُنَا طَوْلًا They began to praise him in other ways. They began to use other phrases of praise to the Prophet ﷺ. فقال, so the Prophet ﷺ said, قُولُوا بِقَوْلِكُمْ Say your normal type of speech what you say. Your normal type of habitual speech that you have, okay. بِقَوْلِكُمْ أَوْ بَعْضِ قَوْلِكُمْ Or some of that type of speech that you habitually say, which doesn't have any exaggeration in it. Use your normal types of phrases that you use, the ones that don't have exaggeration in them. Use those normal types of phrases. وَلَا يَسْتَجْرِيَنَّكُمُ الشَّيْطَانِ But do not allow the shaitan to make you his fodder. Do not allow the shaitan to use you for you to fall into exaggeration and to make this something out of what is allowed. To fall into false praise or to exaggerated praise. Say your normal types of things you say out of respect, etc., which doesn't have exaggeration, okay. But do not allow the shaitan to take this opportunity to exaggerate in you, so that you end up saying things that are out of what is permissible. There's another similar narration that highlights this point. وَعَنْ أَنَسْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ أَنَّ نَاسًا قَالُوا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ يَا خَيْرَنَا وَابْنَ خَيْرِنَا وَسَيِّدِنَا وَابْنَ سَيِّدِنَا فَقَالَ يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسِ قُولُوا بِقَوْلِكُمْ وَلَا يَسْتَهْوِيَنَّكُمُ الشَّيْطَانِ أَنَا مُحَمَّدٌ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولُهُ مَا أُحِبُّ أَنْ تَرْفَعُونِي فَوْقَ مَنْزِلَتِي أَلَّتِي أَنْزَلَنِي اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ on this narration, it mentions that some people came to the Prophet ﷺ and they said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, the best of us and the son of the best of us, our Sayyid and the son of our Sayyid. So the Prophet ﷺ said to them, He said to them, O oh, people, say what you say, your normal words of respect, etc. But, La shaytan." Don't allow the shaitan to make you fall into your desires. Don't allow the shaitan to make you fall into destruction. Don't allow him to make you exaggerate and go beyond the bounds. Do not allow him to praise falsely or to praise above what is acceptable. 
And then the Prophet ﷺ said, Ana Abdullah, Ana Muhammad, I am Muhammad, Abdullah, the servant of Allah, wa Rasulu, and his messenger. Ma Allah. I do not love that you should raise me above the level that Allah has placed me upon. I do not love that you should raise me above the level that Allah has placed me upon. And this is very important because how many people out there now do exactly that? They raise the Prophet ﷺ above the station that Allah placed him upon. So they say that he was made out of light and they say he walked without a shadow and they say he was the first light that was created and then everything else was created from his light and all types of things that are not established and not proven. Exaggeration. The Prophet ﷺ said, لا تطروني كما أطرتنا صار عيسى بن مريم As we covered, don't raise me as the Christians, they raised up Isa ﷺ, praised him so much they began to say he is God himself. Do not praise me and raise me in this way. So the Prophet ﷺ said, I do not love that you should raise me above the station that Allah has placed me upon. So this chapter is highlighting the prohibition from exaggeration. And this is something which people, they fall into a lot. They say, but we're just showing our love for the Prophet ﷺ. But they fall into exaggeration doing that. So you go to some mosques, at the front it says, Ya Allah. Normally at the front where the imam prays on top, on the wall on one side it says, Ya Allah. On the other side it says, Ya Muhammad. This permissible? Of course it is not permissible. Is Muhammad at the same level as Allah? Of course not. Muhammad sallam, the servant of Allah, the messenger of Allah. But he is not Allah. So when they say, Ya Allah, and at the same level, equal, on the next side, Ya Muhammad, as if these two, Allah and Muhammad, are the same. Ya Allah, Ya Muhammad. Wrong. Haram, impermissible, shirk. You have raised and exaggerated the right of the Prophet sallam. He did not want that. And he did not accept that. Raising him above that level. So this is impermissible. And that is what this chapter is highlighting, the impermissibility of this exaggeration, which can lead to a person praising and exaggerating and going to an extreme to such a level that he may fall into shirk with the words that he then utters and the praise that he then utters. Like you see the people, Ya Allah, Ya Muhammad and things like this. And eventually they start saying, Ya Muhammad, Madad and all types of things. So this chapter is warning against falling into that type of exaggeration. Stop that exaggeration in the first place by not starting it. But what about this word Sayyid? What about saying that the Prophet ﷺ is the Sayyid? And the Egyptians, mashaAllah, they love to say Muhammad ﷺ Sayyidna. So is it allowed or is it not to say Sayyid? Okay, so we'll mention it now. This word, As-Sayyid, Al-Ulama Ikhtalafu. They had a difference of opinion over this issue of the word As-Sayyid. Al-Qawlu Al-Awwal, Tahreem Itlaq Lafz As-Sayyid Ala Al-Makhluq. The impermissibility of saying As-Sayyid for anybody in creation. Fala yuqal, السيد إلا في حق الله كما جاء في هذين الحديثين السيد السيد الله 
So, as Sayyid like that should not be used for anybody in creation. That should only be for Allah. Al-Qawl al-Thani, Jawaz itlaq as-Sayyid ala al-Makhluq, the permissibility, the permissibility, the second opinion, Jawaz itlaq as-Sayyid ala al-Makhluq, Amalan bil-Ahadith, التي فيها ذلك ألم يقول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنا سيد ولدي آدم I am the سيد of the sons of Adam that was mentioned in the hadith وقال إن ابني هذا سيد so there are a hadith where the word سيد was used so some scholars say القول الثاني جواز إطلاق السيد على المخلوق والقول الثالث الجواز مطلقا بلا كراهة إلا إذا خيف من الغلو The third opinion is it is allowed to say it unless you fear a person may fall into exaggeration. You hear somebody saying Sayyid, Sayyid as these people were and you fear that they may fall into exaggeration then you prevent them from that. الجواز مطلقا إلا إذا خيف من الغلو فإن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم خاف عليهم خاف عليهم من الغلو كما في الحديثين المذكورين فإذا خيف على الإنسان من الغلو ينهى عن ذلك أما إذا لم يخف عليه من الغلو فلا بأس عملا بلا حديث الكثير التي جاء فيها إطلاق السيد على المخلوق but if it is not feared that a person will fall into exaggeration then it's allowed وهناك قول رابع وهو أنه لا يجوز إطلاق السيد لا يجوز إطلاق السيد على الشخص في حضوره ومواجهته ويجوز إطلاقه عليه وهو غائب There is an opinion that it is not allowed to say somebody to their face سيد you can't address somebody with the word Sayyid. But if you were talking about them, they weren't there, you're telling somebody else, you can say Sayyid such and such X, Y, and Z. But you can't say it to them directly, O oh, Sayyid. So these are the opinions that are mentioned here. Huh? Sayyid as a name? Yeah. This is talking about in the context of praise, in Madh. But name is a name. Somebody has a name Sayyid, uh, that's different. But this is about praising somebody, saying you are our Sayyid. This is in the context of praising. In that context, is it allowed or not? Somebody's name, name, what are you going to say? You can't say uh, Sayyid, uh, what are you going to call him then? Miskin, he can't have his name. So Sayyid, if it's a name, that's different. But this is talking about the praise, raising somebody and praising them uh, in that context. So there's some opinions there regarding that. If there is exaggeration in it, then it shouldn't be used. If it is feared that the people will fall into exaggeration, then it shouldn't be used. Any questions? On that or anything else? Second opinion was, Al-Qawl al-Thani, Jawaz itlaq al-Sayyid ala al-Makhluq, the permissibility of saying so, because there are some ahadith which mentioned it, but because there are some narrations that prohibit it, they said it's makruh. 
But the third opinion was, it's not even makruh, you can do it. They just said, if you fear there may be exaggeration, then don't do it. So basically, it's allowed, but if there's any exaggeration, anything feared, then you don't do it. So avoid it for that reason. Anything else on the topic, outside of the topic? Mm. Kalima is together. So if you want to write the kalima on a piece of paper, you write it together. But Ya Allah means what? Oh Allah. Isn't that what you think? Ya Allah. So when you say Ya Muhammad, what do you think? Exactly the same thing? It's like you're making dua to them almost. Ya Allah, Ya Muhammad. Some of, some of the places even has hands. They have the picture of the hands. Ya Allah, Ya Muhammad. So this is a different context. This is like they are calling upon them. So in that context, you can't make them equal. Allah is not, uh, Muhammad is not equal. Oh, Muhammad is the best of creation, the best of creation. The seal of the prophets has the highest status, but not Godship in him. So you can't do things which will equate. Remember the narrations, when the man said, shi'ta, Whatever Allah wills, and you will. Muhammad said, no. Whatever Allah wills, then after that, whatever I will. But don't say whatever Allah wills and what you will, as if to say my will and Allah's will is the same. He said, don't make anything equal between myself or to Allah. Allah first, the creator, then me and anybody else afterwards. So you can't do things like that. Ya Allah, Ya Muhammad and things like this. If, if they don't have Ya in front of uh, either name. Still, to put it on the same level, it's not correct. It's not correct. Tawheed and the kalim and those things that are mentioned, okay. But to have... On the wall, Allah, and then equal Muhammad on the next side. That isn't how it is. Allah is above everyone, above the creation. Muhammad is the final messenger, the best of creation, but you don't raise the, the, the level to be equal like this. We have one chapter left of this book. One chapter left of this book, which we'll do next week. Inshallah, the final chapter of this book next week, and we'll conclude it. And this is maybe 70 odd lessons we've done in this now. Maybe a year and a half. More than a year and a half. 70 odd lessons, maybe coming up to 80 lessons. So inshallah ta'ala, inshallah next week, we'll finish the final chapter and conclude this book. And then the week after, we can do a topic relating to Ramadan. Uh, and then the final two weeks of Ramadan will be off anyway, unless there's something else organized. Some people say that you should, uh, as we live in the West, you should follow the closest Muslim country to, um, in regarding the crescent, you know, to the crescent. So, what's the opinion of that? So, regarding, regarding the moon sighting, there are two general statements. You have either an international sighting or you have a local sighting. International sighting, some of the scholars take this opinion. Any Muslim country makes that announcement. Any Muslim witness proven makes the announcement. The whole world, every Muslim country should follow it. There is another opinion though, 
that you don't have to do that. You can follow the sighting of your region, your lunar region. Not just your own country, but your lunar region. There may be several countries in that lunar region. In your lunar region, if the moon comes out on a different night, the next night, for example, then fair enough, it is allowed. It is an opinion of some of the scholars. It is an opinion of some of the scholars that you can follow your lunar region. But the other opinion is international sighting. Anywhere the moon is sighted, everybody should just do it. But the other opinion is you can stick to the lunar region that you're in. So in your lunar, it's not about the closest Muslim country necessarily. It's about the lunar region that you're in. In your lunar region, the cycle of the moon may be different compared to the east or the west of the world. So you can follow that lunar region. It is an opinion of the scholars. Because the hours are longer. Not necessarily. Because the worship of fasting for the people of Mecca or wherever they live, that is all they are able to do. That's all they have the ability to do. The sun sets at 6 p.m. They have to open their fast. That's what they have in their capability. So they'll get their full reward for their capability. And everybody here for their length of fasting, they'll get their relative. Yani they will get their relative reward for their amount of fasting that they did. So it's a relative issue to their reward. They'll get their complete reward for the amounts that they do. But it's not. Uh, we don't really compare like that and say that somebody will get more because they happen to be living somewhere where it's longer. Yes, you'll get the reward for the fast and you'll get the reward for the extra hours. But it's not something really comparable like that. It's, it's probably more harder than that. Possibly you could say that. You could say, okay, your hours are longer but you're relaxing. 18 degrees, 15 degrees, nothing. We're in 50 degrees over here. So maybe they say, so what if yours is longer? We got more reward, it's harder. <laughs> so we leave it there. Carry on next week to finish off the book, inshallah ta'ala, same time, approximately 7, 7.15 uh, 7. p.m. inshallah. <laughs>